Welcome to It's a Single Mom Thing, the show for single moms by single moms. This is Sherry, your host, and I am happy you are here today. Remember, it's a single mom thing and not the single thing that stops you. Whether you're a solo mama by choice, circumstance, divorce, or the death of a partner, you certainly have a double dose of decisions to make on the daily. Some may even come out of nowhere like an unwelcome house guest, especially in today's inflationary climate and housing crisis. Decisions like work one job, two jobs, three jobs more, food bank, food stamps, or grocery store, couch, car, apartment, affordable housing, or shared space, live with friends, family, or by yourself, five miles, ten miles near your job, or whatever you can afford. As solo mamas, we are all being tested to the limits of our resiliency, strength, and sanity, trying to make sense of what definitely doesn't make sense. Welcome back to another episode of It's a Single Mom Thing. So do you find yourself here because you have a big decision to make and make alone? Are you feeling anxious, overwhelmed, or even experiencing paralysis of the analysis, unable to even make a decision because you won't move in one direction or another? Girl, I so get it. Making decisions for yourself and for your kiddos on your own can be challenging and downright scary for a single mom. I mean, two minus one minus one person is making a decision for the whole family. And if it's a financial decision, it can leave you feeling less than whole. In fact, it can keep you up at night doing donuts in your head as you go around and around circling the circumstance, never making a choice because you don't want to make the wrong one. Hey, when it comes to big decisions, it is a big deal and it can be hard to make them without the advice or the guidance of a partner. Let me tell you, nothing highlights the fact that you don't have a partner more than when it comes to making a big decision alone. If you make the wrong choice, you don't have anyone to fall back on as you're lean to. And that makes you acutely aware that your decisions could not only hurt you, but your babies too. It's no pressure or anything, right? So let's take a little commercial break from the mental moving going on in your head right now. And remember, it may be a single mom thing, but it is not the single thing that stops you. One is a whole number and you can't experience success without failure first. That's what you'd tell your kiddos, right? So let's factor that into our decision making equation as we move forward. So while there are many ways to make a decision, not all of them are good for the big, bold, and important decisions. For example, you could flip a coin, spin a bottle, or trust the nut in your gut, as I like to call it, and do what you think is right. Or you could even avoid thinking altogether and just make a choice on the fly, for better or for worse, and asking for forgiveness later. Those options may all be okay for the small stuff, but thinking through the tough stuff, a sister has to consider the many paths and outcomes making a wise decision. Bad decisions cause distrust. At Shepherd's Village, we talk to many single moms who beat themselves up over the bad choices they made. 
We all look back on our lives and think about some of the poor choices we made. And trust me, girl, we have all made bad choices. Somehow, though, the bad decisions seem so glaring compared to the thousands of good choices we made in a week, right? I mean, you may find yourself wondering exactly, why did I make that choice? What was I thinking? For single moms, we often hear things that span the scope of decisions like, why did I marry Mr. Right when he was all wrong for me? And I did it like twice. Why did I leave my support system thinking I could do this on my own? Why am I so lazy and have to get Happy Meals each night when both my budget and my waistline aren't so happy about this? After enough regrets, after enough letdowns, after enough compromises, a sister can start to lose trust in herself. And when a sister loses trust in the one thing that she should value— herself, it's hard for her to deposit anything good into others, moreover, herself. So if you feel alone right now because you have to make a decision alone, girl, you are not alone. I really do understand. For me, after dealing with the difficult decision of divorce, if that wasn't bad enough for me because I already felt like an epic failure, I also had to deal with the good opinion of others who were bearing me about all the bad decisions I made in my life. I mean, why don't you just put another nail in my coffin of chaos, would you? Do you think after that a sister wanted to make another decision, especially one that involves a thing I love the most, my son? No way. I'd rather sit on the island of despair than making a decision, especially with the partly cloudy chance of it being wrong. Not today. But listen, I'm going to tell you what eventually I had to start telling myself. Because listen, there was no one coming to save a sister off that island, and I had to learn to save myself. So just like me, you too have everything you need to make the hard, the big, the tall decisions on your own like the big girl super solo mama you are. Even if in the moment right now it doesn't feel right, and hey, things may go wrong because you are only human, you can gain a deeper understanding of the process behind your sometimes irrational choices, even if you're full-on faceplant. Knowing how these processes influence your thinking can help you make better decisions for you and your future. So let's uncover four decision-making traps and potholes. Number one, the status quo bias. We all have a tendency to stick with the evil we know instead of choosing something new and different. We hear that from single moms all the time who would rather go back to their abusive ex than go at it on their own, even if that's the right choice. It's like we see an alternative option as a risk or just not worth the trouble, even if it might be better. Without realizing it, we can become overly resistant to change. And, well, change is going to happen whether you become part of the decision or the decision is made for you. This is how we end up paying more for our cell phone service or staying in an overpriced apartment. Number two, anchoring bias. To understand how anchoring works, imagine you're shopping for a used car at a local dealership. The model you like is priced at $9,999. Now remember, this is an exercise, so pretend used cars are actually that affordable. 
Then the dealer offers you a discount of $1,000. The car is now $8,999. Sounds like a can't-miss opportunity, right? Well, not necessarily. Anchoring is when you rely too heavily on the first thing you hear. In this case, it was the initial price of the car. The discount becomes appealing because you focused in on the one thing. There are more objective things to consider, like how much the car is really worth and whether you can find a better price elsewhere. And if you're not careful, the anchoring effect can weigh you down. Now, ladies, we tend to do this all the time, like when we go shopping for things on sale and we think we saved all kinds of money when really we just overspent our budget. Number three, choice overload. More and more studies show that stress has an impact on both the quality of our decisions and our ability to make them. Choice overload can happen anytime you feel overwhelmed by the sheer number of options. When the number of options overwhelms you, you're less likely to choose anything at all. That's what I call paralysis of the analysis that I mentioned earlier. So pick up on this jam. There is a well-known study, well, about jam, that addresses this phenomenon. At an upscale supermarket, psychologists set up two displays offering free samples of jam. One gave the customers six different flavors to choose from, while the other offered 24 options. The larger display attracted more people, but did you know that consumers were 10 times more likely to purchase when the number of jams available was reduced to six? Yes, just six. The reason for this is a phenomenon now known as choice overload. As in the jam example, you may sooner walk away empty-handed than deal with the stress of choosing from such a large selection. Not making a choice, however, is still making a choice. And oh, you need to hear that again, girls. Not making a choice is making a choice, so don't fall into that pothole. Number four, decision fatigue. Like choice overload, a similar type of thing happens when you're forced to make multiple decisions one after another after another. A common occurrence in everyday life and the life of a solo mama. Making a large number of decisions over a prolonged period of time can be a significant drain on your brain and willpower. The result, a harder time saying no to things like junk food, impulse buys, happy meals, and other tempting offers. Fatigue makes it difficult to even think about making a decision, let alone what's right or wrong, correct or incorrect. We follow the path of least resistance because it's the easiest thing to do. Now, buyer beware, ladies. Just because you are tired of being alone, don't make a decision thinking Mr. Wrong is Mr. Right because you didn't either take the time or were tired of making all the decisions for you and your kiddo's life. Oh, yes, I am going to go there, and I don't want you thinking a man is a financial plan. Now, moving on. So what a great segue into a quick reminder about Shepherds Village University and our financial freedom courses. They are faith-focused, self-paced, and free to you. Visit sv-university.org and take stock in your future. So as we close this podcast, we're going to discuss six steps to better decisions. 
Making decisions as a solo mama can be a roller coaster ride, especially when there's a long term consequence to think about. You can't see into the future, but you can try to be prepared. Number one, take 10. Start by taking 10 minutes to clear your mind. Listen to music, pray, take a brisk walk, work out, whatever calms your heart and clears your mind. Number two, identify the problem. Once you've cleared your head, take a moment to drill down on what the main problem is, identify it clearly, and write it down. Number three, reframe negatives into positives. Have you ever had a picture or a piece of art that you never really liked? Then you decided to change the frame around it and suddenly it pops and locks into something you love. Our big decisions can be like that. Start by asking yourself, what are the possible positive outcomes of this problem? It will help you realize that even if you make the wrong decision, good still can come from it. Can I get an amen? Number four, use objectivity. Our mind is our most powerful tool, yet we often allow it to become our biggest obstacle. We let our moods affect our choices and trust our emotions over logic. Kind of like when you get hangry and you go to the grocery store to do the shopping for the week. Don't go there, girl, because that is the one surefire way to bust your budget. To avoid bias, park it and put yourself in neutral. Get something to eat and then put yourself in a third-party position like someone who has no vested interest in the outcome of the decision. A helpful exercise is to write a letter to yourself as if you are someone outside of the situation. What advice would you give? What do you see that may otherwise be a blind spot for someone too close to the situation? Number five, compare your options. Now you're ready to compare your options and not yourself to others. There are a few creative ways that you can do this. List all the factors that you're considering, then put them in order of which things are most important to you. Then volley your options back and forth until the best one comes to the top. Create a point system and assign each option a point. Maybe you're choosing between two places to live. Make subcategories of the things like costs, commute, room layouts, and other factors. Keep going down the list until you've scored every item, being as objective as you can. Then add up the totals and see if you have a winner-winner chicken dinner. You could also do something as simple as identifying the pros and cons by making two columns on a sheet of paper. List everything you can think about and see if there are more cons or more pros. By the way, it is okay to be a little subjective in these exercises. Certain factors can and they really should carry more weight than others. It's how you feel about them that counts. So be honest about what each item on your list means to you. And number six, consider the long-term consequences. Say you're thinking about getting a dog. What do you think the consequences might be in a month? In a year. How about several years from now? Do you still think you want that dog or maybe you just want to get a hot dog right now? I thought so. Ladies, listen, big decisions are a big deal. And there is someone that thinks you are a big deal. God. And he wants to be a part of all your decisions. You can trust God that he has a plan for you and he already knows the decisions you will make today and tomorrow. 
Even if the decision turns out to seem wrong, you can rest assured that God's plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And you can find that in his word in Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, J.D. Greer, author of Not God Enough, Why Your Small God Leads to Big Problems, he says it this way. When it comes to God's guidance in our lives, we tend to want the answer to one question. Which choice should I make in this decision? But while the Bible gives us wisdom for our decision making, it puts much more emphasis on knowing and trusting God. It seems that God cares more about us becoming the kind of person he wants us to be than he does in detecting some mystical guidance on a particular decision. If you're making big decisions right now, we would love to pray for you. Call us at 855-822-PRAY. Have a wonderful week and remember, it's a single mom thing and not the single thing that stops you. Thanks for listening to It's a Single Mom Thing. I hope you enjoyed our time together. If you have more questions on how to have a relationship with Jesus or need prayer, visit us at www.shepherdsvillage.com backslash prayer. For more information and resources, check out our show notes.